and let them float up in the air on his birthday. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, your birthday's coming up, too. Your birthday's in November, the end of the month, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my yeah, my goodness. birthday is what is actually my anniversary as well, would have been 11 years. Um, wow. Yep, yep, yep. This is a heavy month. Yeah. It used to only belong to me, and then I had to share it. So I don't know if that was fun, <laughs> but yeah, here we are. <laughs> well, and you share it with my had, middle daughter too, because my my middle daughter uh, turns eighteen on uh, Thursday. So she wow. turns eight. So that's very busy month. November is goodness. It is. It is. It's chilly here in Florida. It's not really hot. So that's good. But, yeah, other than nope. that, um, it, it was nice being in Connecticut, but it's good to be home. It's good to be – you don't – you know what? I, I never realized that I would miss my bed because, you know, I was so long sleeping in a recliner. <laughs> so when I came home, I went to um, – the same day I was cleaning, and then I went to – took a shower, went to bed around 11. It was beautiful. Yes. I, I knew you would because I remember when we had that conversation when you were getting ready to to purchase a bed for yourself and you were you were sort of like dragging your feet on it and you're like well I haven't had a bed in in years which was crazy as it was and I'm like as soon as you get one you're going to be just so comfortable and lo and behold but but you know because nobody could see that, you know, we're on audio for the, for the show here, but whenever you broadcast from your bedroom, I love looking at your bedroom. Your bedroom is so comfortable looking. Oh, thank you. But it's like, I I would like to um, delve into the, what was the reasoning of not like, of not wanting to have a bed, right? It's like, that's something that, uh, years ago, years ago when my kids were little, I had this little bird cage. Remember those put in your house and you can put a pan yeah. in it or whatever? Well, I, yeah. had, I had a mini porcelain doll, and I didn't know where to put her. I think it was a gift or something. So I put her in the cage. <laughs> oh, my God. That's creepy. And, and I had taken some Christmas pictures, and I was showing them at work of my kids near the Christmas tree and all that. And my executive director, who's also a psychologist, she's like, get that doll out of the cage. And I said, what are you talking about? She's like, um, that's like a reflection of what I was going through. Mm, and yeah. the other day I was thinking about the bed, you know, and we, we need to sometimes reflect on what our behaviors, we're so busy with outward things that we don't realize certain behaviors and certain certain things. And what what was my feeling behind me believing I didn't deserve to sleep in a bed? Because that's what it boils yeah. down to. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, maybe, I, I think so it was the trauma of, Eric being paralyzed and, you know, in the bed and all of that. It, it, it has to be something, and I, I'm going to have to to that. And if anybody's listening has an answer, please call in. Um, but I think, not that he laid in the bed all day, because he was very adamant of getting up at 1030 
starting his day, taking a nap again at 4, getting back out of bed at 8, which wasn't fun for me since I had a man to lift him. But, um, yeah, he didn't just lay in the bed all day. He likes to be in the wheelchair. But I think it probably has something to do with that. I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't know. That's interesting, huh? It's even interesting well, to me, and it's about me. <laughs> It, well, it could also it it could also be that you just never wanted to um, feel like you were planted somewhere, you know. Like sleeping on a sofa or sleeping on a recliner is not a committed act. It's it's like a temp. It's like transient. It's temporary. So that that could also be part of it too. You know, I'm just I'm just throwing stuff out. <laughs> I, just a uh, few minutes no, ago, I was almost fall asleep. You, you raise a good point because, you know, up until I married, um, and I've always been comfortable on couches and recliners. And, yeah, that's, yeah, you, I think you, you touched on something there, Bada Buddha, um, because I don't like to be anywhere where I feel um, I'm tied down to. But I'm so glad we talked about this bed issue, and I went ahead and bought it and because it is so comfortable. And I sleep all over the bed. You know how some people just pick a spot, and that's their spot? And they get into the bed. Not me. I, I'm like a princess. I take all my eight pillows, and I put them all like a, a rainbow. So if I turn to my left, I have a pillow all, all around me, all on my side. If I turn to the right, there's a whole bunch of pillows there. So I'm loving it. I, I really am. Good. I'm glad you deserve it. And like I said, it's a beautiful space. You've made, you know, you've really um, decorated your place to really suit you, which is fantastic, which is really nice. So that's great. So we're winding down the year. We're winding down the year and uh, it's coming fast. Before we know it, it's going to be Thanksgiving. And before we know it, it's going to be Christmas. And then it'll be New Year's. And whoo. Um, it was like a whirlwind and this is a great time too, to start reflecting upon your year to see if, you know, how you did this year, you know, how, how did, uh, you know, did it go the way you wanted it to? Were you, was it a good year? Was it a challenging year? If it was a challenging year, what was so challenging about it? Can it be different for next year? And this is definitely something that we'll talk about next month on the show in December. We're, We'll talk about um, reflecting and creating, setting intentions for the new year. How's that sound? Does that sound like a good plan? Yes, it does sound like a plan. Um, I don't know. I can't complain much this year, um, even though the beginning of the year with mom passing and everything, I really can't. Everyone would have liked to make make more money and have a secured savings, whether under the bed or in the bank. Um, but other than that, I, you know, I'm just grateful. I've met people. I've lost people. I dislike people. I've loved people. So <laughs> I can't really um, complain that I mentally stronger. Yeah. And then to have a support group such as yourself that, you know the 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 text I got this morning about joining this group and you know monetizing. So that's always a blessing. There's always hidden blessings in all of our agendas, whether we're busy or we're not, whether we're focused or we're procrastinating. 
this um there's a learning in every season whether it's fat, whether you're overeating or undereating or you're eating right, like, I don't know. I envy the person who knows how to eat correctly all the time. Yeah, amen to um, that. I mean, even though I <laughs> teach it, it's, it's still, listen, it's still a struggle for me because I, I've, I've had an eating disorder um, in my life. And, you know, let me tell you, it's just shins, um, any type of mental challenge, like mental disorder, you, you you think you've overcame you like you that you've gone past it, but then something can trigger you and then you start to slide back, you know? So, I mean, I've suffered with, uh, I didn't, I've never really known how to eat properly. Um, I know how to eat properly. Let's put it that way, but to actually apply it went during stressful times. And I know you said that yours, yours wasn't that bad. It didn't seem that bad of a year, but I, I definitely had a challenge this year. Like 2020 was, much better for me than 2021. So um, that's why I, it's really important for me to reflect before the end of the year so that I could set a more solid, healthier intention for the coming year because I do not want a repeat of this year. That is for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I learned so much in my sorrow this year. Um, and the biggest lesson that I learned was forgiveness. So that trumps any other mess or or bad month that I've had this year. Um, of course, anybody passing, especially a parent, is difficult. But when you learn something from that, you're ahead of yourself. And you have to be grateful that you had the insight enough to know that it was a lesson that was learned. Um, yeah, and every year we should strive to be better than we were. But if we're not, you know, even if we're lateral with it, um, our thoughts is what makes it seem that it was worse than previous year. I think you've made a lot of strides this year. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. You've learned. Oh, yeah, you've no, met so I, many people. That's true. No, I did. I, I mean, there was, well, that's why you reflect, because it's true. And some, something like what research says that majority of the time we, we think the thoughts that we have are usually often more negative than positive. Um, this has been proven with science, and they believe it has to do with the survival mechanism, that if we think things are bad, that we'll be more vigilant. But, you know, we don't have to think that way because we're not being chased by, like, you know, dinosaurs and wild animals. But um, I think... For me, you said something really key because I was thinking about this the last couple of days to the point where I really think I want to write an article on it. You you said about forgiveness. And this, and what came up mm-hmm. for me this year is it forgiveness is the key to move forward. Absolutely, we all know that. But you still have to process whatever it is that you've been through. And if you forgive too soon you will, it will bite you in the ass and you will, uh, you will, whatever you, you put, you left inside will pop up when you least expect it. And I think that's what happened to me this year is that there were certain things that I pushed down and I thought I moved past, but I didn't really, they were sort of just pushed in. And that's sort of the idea of the shadow effect where you just, 
the shadows that you don't release, they stay within you. And if you don't let them out, they're going to pop up and rear their ugly head at any particular time. And it hit me the last couple of days. I was thinking really heavy about forgiveness. Say, you know, because that's, you know, when you're talking about personal development, that's all they say. Like, oh, you have to forgive. Like, forgiveness is it. Forgive the person. Forgive the situation. Forgive yourself. But so that people, like, who are not ready to forgive and they're still angry, it's almost like there's a guilt behind that, that, oh, well, I, I'm not supposed to be angry anymore. I'm supposed to forgive. No, you're supposed to process. You have to process that stuff, and then you'll be able to forgive. And, and Because if you don't, then the forgiveness is not going to be, like, 100%. And it's, it, it's almost like fake, even though you don't think it's fake. And then it, all of a sudden, the, the, the shit hits the fan later on. So that was a really interesting amount of insight that I had over the last few days as I was pondering. That You don't hear that word a lot anymore, right? As I was pondering. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when I talk about feeding the spirit and nurturing the ego. Because at one time I said, you got to starve the ego. And then I was like, no, because then that means you're ignoring it. And you have to nurture your pride. You have to know when to put it into check. And our pride is what keeps us from forgiving that ego. Like, uh-uh, not, not after what they did. They don't deserve it. And and that's when it's outward instead of going inward to say, you know, it, this isn't for them. I'm not going to go say, oh, I forgive you. No, I'm going to apologize for being so angry with you when you were irrelevant. And I held on to it for so many years. That was my choice. So it is my wrongdoing to myself. So I think forgiveness, it just sets you free. And it's like, you know, sometimes when you're, it's like that thing where it says sometimes you just have to die a little inside in order to be reborn and rise again as a stronger and wiser version of yourself. And that's what forgiveness gives you. That's what it gives you. You know, you do have to kill that pride that keeps us. And I can speak about pride because I was raised on survival skills my whole life up until the past couple of years. And that's where my pride was like, mm you wronged me. I don't care who you are or how you bleed. And that, like, to me, that was my defense mechanism from of not course. being hurt or wounded anymore. But the thing is, what was that? I was isolating myself and making myself, like, be mistrusting. And I can't be like that. It's like I say, I give everybody an A until they F it up. I grade people. Like, I don't care who you are, what they said about you. I'm going to go by how you deal with me, how the relationship right. is with you and I. And right. I think just by knowing that, you know what, everybody has issues, not an everybody has a problem dealing with the issue. So sometimes when it spills over onto me, it doesn't mean I'm the issue. It means they're just, something triggered them and they, like, lost their control at that moment. If they said anything to offend me, I'm going to check them. Like, what do you, you know, you don't speak to me that way. And then it's always followed by an apology. I didn't mean it like that or whatever. But the thing is that that's where boundaries come in. And if your boundaries are solid in its foundation, then it's, it's okay 
to, to just forgive, even if you're just saying it in your head and meaning it from your heart and keep going. That person never has to know you forgave them. Right. Right. It's, right. Um, it's like when people say, like when people want to judge, like how dare you judge me when you don't even know who you are. Learn who you are before you judge anybody else. But why do people judge? Because they don't know who they are. Those right. the mistrusting, judgmental individuals. So, yeah, that forgiveness is big. You know, I wrote that in my book. Um, it's just something that it's hard. It's not easy. Because you got to go through a lot. But it, it takes courage, and we're badasses. So That's right. Warriors, gladiators, forward. all yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and speaking of badasses, we have our badass guests in the studio. And for those that watched the morning show, uh, we had Michelle on uh, last week, and now we have Michelle on tonight. And so uh, let me just uh, give you a little bio on Michelle. So our guest tonight is Michelle Wasserman, and our conversation is going from powerless to powerhouse. And Michelle's awesome. We just really clicked with Michelle. Like, she's just totally good people, totally our people. Definitely want to hang out with her, get together with her at some point and give her a big hug. Um, So Michelle is um, a content strategist, a speaker, and trainer. Her um, program empowers women to change their lives for the better. Um, They need to find you first. Um, I can help with the authentic copy that attracts, connects, and converts. Um, She's a Houston-based copywriter for coaches and course creators all over the world. And there's this nice little snippet, too. And she loves to share the story of embracing growth mindset as a teacher than as a person who grew beyond that teaching role, uh, becoming an international copywriter age 45 after 23 years teaching art in the public schools. So she, she, like, talk about reinventing herself and then having, like, a massive amount of success in such a short period of time. So, Michelle, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yay. Yes, we can hear you. Welcome, Michelle. Welcome. Welcome to Viva Moms After Dark. It's a little bit different, you know, because the format's a little bit different than the morning show. Plus, it's, it's, uh, since you're two hours behind, Right, you're two hours behind. It's uh, a little bit easier. I'm one hour behind you, so that's not. Too oh, bad. you're one hour. Why do I think Texas is like two hours behind, but you're not? You always have that one little one hour mark. So, okay, well, well then I'll it, pass it, those two hours. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, all right. So, welcome, yeah. welcome. So, do you want to add anything to your bio? What, what else would you like to share with everybody about what you do? Um. Yeah, I had I had sent you over a a new little blurb, but I just think it didn't it didn't come through in time. So sorry about that. Um, oh no, that's okay. I, I, I was looking too, and I was like, I I'm like, this is all I have, and then but it's okay. So yeah, you go for it. Let's let's hear it come from you. Yeah. No, I mean I think you you covered it pretty well. Um, I I guess I can read the new bio that I wrote. <laughs> It just says, after two decades of encouraging creative visual expression in over 15,000 students, Michelle learned about growth mindset. She brought it to her art classroom with great success, and then she chose to embrace the philosophy she taught her students and began a journey of personal development. 
as Michelle discovered her entrepreneurial side, the keys to her success as a teacher became the focus of her new career as an international freelance conversion copywriter. So I am Michelle Wasserman. I help coaches and course creators throughout the world with empathetic and empowering copy that helps them quickly build relationships to establish no like interest, simplifies complex concepts with a focus on visuals and easy-to-read text, and engages diverse audiences of all ages, skill levels, and native languages. And I live with my husband, Todd, in the suburbs of Houston, Texas. We've got a son, a daughter, two rescue dogs, and a rescue cat. So it's a completely full house over here. Fabulous. Fabulous. So it how is. Important, <laughs> how important is that, Michelle, to, like, what you do? How does that really help businesses, like, what, what you do? Like, what, what you add to helping, uh, especially women, since this is a, more of a, a woman-based show, but how is that? how does that it add is. to to the business there's a oh, story in the background God. yes it is i'm sorry no i our producer dory say yes it is <laughs> yes it's a women's yes, show, it is. So. yeah yeah there we go yeah it is and and the majority of my clients are women i've i've written for a couple of men and uh good men that's what i say about my community it, it's an international group of amazing women and a few good men you know because we're not <laughs> we're not just the men but um yeah, I think a lot of what it does is what happened for me, the change that happened for me as far as, you know, learning how to go from powerless to powerhouse, as you, as you put it. Um, and, and that happened because there were different coaches and there were courses along the way that inspired me and motivated me and helped me to dream bigger because I just kept thinking, there's something else out here, but I don't know what it is. And when I'm writing copy or it's usually for women who are coaches or course creators, when I'm writing the copy for them, I'm thinking about, okay, they want to help these other women to have a better life. They want to help them, you know, to have a better business or make better financial decisions or embrace their health or recover from trauma any of these things. And the women who need that help are a lot of times they're scared. And so my empathy comes into play and I can just kind of get into their, get into their heads and think about what are they feeling as they're encountering these words and what, what fears are coming up for them and how do I just talk them through that? How do I help them reach that next step? So, it's really powerful for me. It, it touches my heart every time that I, I meet with a client and I learn about what she does. And I know I get to change women's lives and I know I'm helping my clients and I'm helping their clients. So it's just an amazing full circle. That's fantastic. What do you think, Gladiator Guru? Yes, I think it is. I, I just I love to listen to her speak about all that off and we need more women collaborating and just empowering one another. Yes, absolutely. I think the I think the hardest the well a challenging thing in business, especially depending on your business, is 
is being able to come up with good content and do it over and over again. And, uh, and some people, it's, you know, like Gladiator Guru is a wordsmith. Like she, she is definitely a writer. She, uh, when she writes, it's, it's the way she writes is just so phenomenal. And then, you know, I write completely different and I, it's very simple. And so Mm -hmm. I look at that and say, my God, I would love, I would love somebody to write like that for me. Like I would love to write like that, but it's, I'm not there. And maybe I might be someday, someday, but that's not me right now. But if that was something that I wanted to represent myself to be, then it's nice to have somebody else put the words because sometimes I, you know, I can't, like I, I'll be doing something. I just cannot put the words to what I, uh, what I want to, you know, write down, whether it's in a, a mar- marketing, like social media marketing, a post, mm-hmm. or if it's an article that I'm writing. So you do all that, right? Yes, I, I do all that. And it's funny because a lot of times my clients are actually very good writers, but they'll come to me and say, you know, I'm a good writer. However, I am not a copywriter. And writing copy is different because it's so much about that persuasion and that psychology and that empathy. And I don't know, it's just, it's just a mix that comes naturally to me. And I guess when you, when you start to realize what comes naturally to you doesn't come naturally to everybody else, that's when you find your right. spot of what's your gift, what should you do? Absolutely. You know that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead, because... Lori can write some great business letters where that's just not my cup of tea. I don't care for that. I want to write about emotions and feelings and, you know, and be sarcastic and and raw where she'll write up something for Viva. And I'm like, damn, that is good because it's as writers, we, we do there's different genres of writing and I, I don't like all that business stuff. Yeah, Where, yeah uh, I, get I that. like when Lori does it. Yeah, so that's yeah, I, I agree with you. There's there's good writers um, for different for different topics, and you do your copywriting. I wouldn't be. I I'm not good at the marketing part of it. Yeah, I'm not but, either. I, I don't do that. That I have challenges with that myself. So I'm glad you find what copywriting is specifically for people out there that didn't know exactly what that was because that is that's and especially nowadays because we're so heavy on social media and you know specifically things like twitter and instagram and facebook and linkedin where you 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 have to have something engaging right yeah absolutely absolutely and it's just i don't know i just completely lost my train of thought sorry about that you know, I do that all the time on the when we yeah. when we're on air, like when we're doing because for some odd reason, when I'm looking at somebody, it's easier for me to stay focused. But whenever we're doing that this this way, I do the same thing. Like I lose my train of thought. Well, how about this? How about we remind you? You also yeah. have uh, classes too, right? You have workshops and things like that, right? I do. I'm I'm a coach inside of one um, one coaches program, so. You know, she she brings women in, and funny, she's like a coach for coaches, okay? <laughs> and then I'm the coach that works for the coach for the coaches. So <laughs> it, it, it sounds like I have the Costello flip thing. 
it, it kind of does. My husband's like, are you sure this is not a pyramid scheme? And I said, I'm sure, really, it's not. It's just we're, <laughs> we're all lifting each other up with the particular skill sets that we have. <laughs> he actually said that. That's, that's perfect. Is this not a pyramid? <laughs> Did you laugh, Michelle, when he asked you that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I laughed, but then I had to, you know, put on my serious face and say, no, no, that's not what this is, because I could tell he wasn't completely joking. He doesn't, you know, he supports me, but he doesn't fully understand it, and that's okay. That was a good one. He's pretty funny. That's why I keep him around. Oh, good. That's good. So, um... So talk about let's talk about this. Let's talk about powerless to powerhouse. What is uh what does that mean to you? Oh, man. So much. And I don't know how much you want me to like tell the story that I was talking about last week with you with you ladies. Yeah, go ahead. Um, a, a, we have a different yeah, okay. audience. So go ahead. Yeah, different go for it. Audience. Okay. And then I I feel like Man, I'm getting old because I'm telling the same story multiple times, but it's okay <laughs> for the audience. Good. And that, that's something I've learned, too, about um, social media marketing and about copy in general is you feel like you're saying this stuff so much. Like, oh, people are tired of hearing my crap. Like, they're just tired of it. I'm, I'm tired of saying it. And the truth is not everybody is getting that message, or even that's if they right. are, they're they're not always paying attention. So you have to that's say right. it until you're pretty much sick of it or or it won't get through to everybody. It's like think of your own that's kids. Right. You, I, I tell my daughter like 20 times, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands before dinner, wash your hands. We come to dinner, did you wash your hands? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> what? No. Sounds like my kids. So copy. Yeah, well, it's all kids, right? So copy is kind of <laughs> like that. But, uh, yeah, the the powerless to powerhouse thing, um, so I was taking you back about five, six years um, in my classroom and just being frustrated. You know, teachers deal with so much junk, um, just just so much. And, you know, I, I was teacher to all the students in the school, so 700 kids, um, a school that had a lot of diversity in, in a lot of wonderful ways, but we also had a lot of kids who had trauma, you know, emotional emotional disturbances and, and, and all kinds of things. Like, they, they didn't all have good home lives, for sure. And so they bring that to school, and it becomes really challenging to teach a class when there's one kid who's trying to kick over the table that has the you know, multi-thousand dollar projector on it and having to clear the classroom because he's having a fit or, right. you know, some kindergartner decides to kick me or trip me or, or whatever. And I can't lay a hand on them, of course, but it's just, it's ridiculous. And it, it's the kind of thing where, sadly, even at most of the best schools, you come to administration and you say, this is so frustrating. I remember calling up my principal one Sunday and, and telling her, I don't even want to come in tomorrow. I, I'm sitting here trying to talk myself into coming in tomorrow because 
I know I'm going to have to clear my classroom again. And and I don't know what to do. And, you know, her saying, well, have you tried to build a relationship with this kid? And I'm like, that's, that's what I do all day, every day. I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, she means, well, she's she's a nice lady, but teachers take so much upon themselves and, and we blame ourselves so much and then we feel so limited in our power. And I'm going to stop identifying with that because that is not even who I am anymore. Um, but, yeah, it was just a point where I just felt powerless. Like some some kid could be having a bad day and throw off everything for me and for every other kid in the room. And I I was tired of that. And so... I started listening to some audio books and, and taking some courses and I showed up to my classroom one morning and I, okay, these are my statements. This is my mantra. I am confident. Man, I don't feel confident, but I am confident and I'm writing this down and I'm stapling it up on my wall above my desk and I am positive, even if I don't feel that way today. That's, that's what I am. That's, that's my mantra. And I am powerful because that is the opposite of how I feel right now. And I put those three little colored strips of paper up, stapled them to the wall above my desk, and they stayed there until the day that I turned in my keys to my classroom and left, and that was this June. So it's, it's been a journey, and that's, that's where it began. <laughs> and that's awesome. That's, yes, it is. It's um, the fearlessness to face fear and make the change. So you are you are definitely everything you wrote. And yeah, thank How you. How do you feel well, now? And it was, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I'm on fire. <laughs> it's good. It's good. And you know, even when it was rough, having those words there just reminded me, and I would just. Whatever situation, I just take a breath. I'd look at those words, and and they became imprinted on my heart, and so it just led from one thing to another. And so now it's like, this is my life. This is amazing. I get to work with this fabulous coach, and I'm helping to create messages that resonate for all these coaches that are coming up through her program and and building out their own calling and it's it's like this huge ripple effect and I'm getting to work with women from all over and let me just tell you that besides feeling so powerful fun it is so creative and fun because I have clients who are who are British and I get to write in their voice and as I'm like reading it to myself in my head, I, I've got my British accent and it's terrible, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just rolling with it and I'm, I'm putting the you in color and, and favorite and it's, just, it's fun to embody those different personalities. And, you know, even, even here in the, in the States, I have a nice diversity of clients. I've got, you know, some clients who are kind of what we call woo woo and, and, and I get into their heads and, and write in that way. And that's tons of fun. And um, it, it just keeps getting more interesting and more fun the more I go along. And that's key, right? And you said something earlier how 
you carry it, you carry those words in your heart and you trigger the memory. You know the poem by E.E. E. Cummings, I carry your heart with me. I carry it Ooh. in me. And like that poem can be, does anybody know that poem? I carry your heart with me. It. It's, I don't think well, so. Well, it's like, you could use it, like I wrote it, um, like after my husband passed, but it goes like this. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. I am never without it. Anywhere I go, you go, my dear, and whatever is done by only me is your doing, my darling. Now, that can be, like, I'm sure that was written for someone else, but I tend, there's certain songs, like love songs, that I dedicate to myself because, especially my song, that's my namesake, Margarita, and it says, Margarita, um, I've loved you all my life. I've dreamt about mm-hmm. you. I, and so it's a love song, right? But it's, I dedicate that love song to myself just like I do with this poem. So we must carry the love for ourselves in our hearts. So when things do go wrong or or our plans fall through, we still love ourselves through the process. So when uh, all this to say, you said that, and, and I just, like, touch my heart because it is you. So everywhere you go, you are there. You are present. Whatever it is you do, only you can do. And that is your power. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Oh, and Margarita, I forgive me that I cannot roll my R's. I try and I try and I think so I call her, call her Margie. <laughs> Margie. Okay. Seriously. Yo hablo un poco de español también, pero no puedo hacerlo. No puedo. But it's okay. Um, <laughs> No, oh, that was really good. Yes. Just, oh. like, rrr, rrr. You know, I teach yeah. my great nephew and my and my one year old granddaughter. I do, rrr, and then they do it. And so my great nephew, he's four now. He can say Margarita. <laughs> so yeah, but I oh, that, have you never really been able to do show. it. My my mom spoke Spanish. My mom was a Spanish teacher for a little while, and and she's done a lot of translation work. But, and she can't roll her R's either. So. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I think it's a can't. Don't feel, don't feel bad. They'll, they'll, a lot of Puerto Ricans say, instead of saying Margarita, they'll say Margarita, like with the L. So it's okay. Oh, wow. As long as you oh. don't say Margarita, I'm good. Any attempt okay. to try and say it, it's good for me. But what were you going to say? And that was with that explanation, say, and with that explanation on her na- in her name, that's all we have for the show tonight, folks. We'll see you next month. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> that longest explanation. Okay, go ahead. No, no, I love it. You go. So you probably didn't see. I went live in my Facebook group today, and I was announcing the winner of uh, the the free best copy friend call that I do, the one-hour interactive copy review. And I usually sell that for about $400, $397. Well, you won. You won it. What? Because you referred someone to my challenge. Yes. <laughs> uh, did Lillian awesome. go to your show? What's that? And I referred Lillian. I referred Lillian Maldonado. Yeah, um, she was one of the people I referred. 
there was one oh my God, that's person. Excellent. Yeah, one person who registered, and she put your name as as you were the person who referred her, and and so I was like, okay, cool, cool. And I think there was one other lady who was in the running with you, and I did this digital wheel spinner called Picker Wheel. So much fun! You can put in however oh, yeah, many I love names those you want. Wheels. Yep. So fun. So I spun it, and and you won. Oh my God! I'm so excited. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Margarita, you won. That's awesome. That <laughs> and Lori can roll the awesome. for us. <laughs> oh, my yeah, gosh. She that's can. so She's funny. got it really good. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. Well, what can I say? I practice. Um, so, so we were talking about, we were putting this together, that conversation about powerless to powerhouse. You know, the the other thing too is that I, I and this is really a big piece for me is you know here you are you're a teacher and you're feeling powerless you're you're get, which which can lead to burnout and you're not making feeling like you're not making a difference and most people do go into teaching with the idea that they do want to make a difference and they often get sort of just squashed at some point between the politics and the, the pay rates, yeah. depending on where you live. And, um, yeah. and these are the worst people to feel powerless because these are the people that are teaching our children. And yeah, exactly. it's such, it, you want, you want teachers to be empowered. Have you ever thought about taking your story and what you do now and like creating workshops? specifically for educators? I have, and I have done, actually the first podcast I ever did was with a lady who has become a client of mine, a friend of mine. Her name is Elizabeth Diakos, and she lives in Australia, and she has a Facebook group called Get Out of Teaching, and she has a podcast with the same name, Get Out of Teaching. (laughs) Nice. And so she invited me about a year ago. It was it was October of of last year. She invited me to be on her podcast. And the whole reason she invited me is I had gone into her group, and somebody in there was asking about, oh, what 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 kind of jobs can you do outside of teaching, or what can you do as a side career? And I was really new to copywriting at that time. I'd, I'd only been doing it for a couple months, maybe three months. And I said, oh, you know, I'm a copywriter. And so that's how I can, that's how I can make money. And, and I'm planning to eventually make this my business and not really thinking I'd be where I am a year from then, but, you know, it's great. Um, so I went in there and I said that. And then her group has over 3,000, probably 4,000 now teachers from various parts of the world, a lot from the United States, a lot from Australia, are that set up that they're in a group called Get Out of Teaching, and hers is not the only group. Um, and so all these all these teachers were commenting and saying, well, what's copywriting? Can you tell me about that? How can I get started? What is that? What do you do? What's a virtual assistant? What What is that? And they were asking me so many questions, and then they were sending me direct messages, and so I messaged her. And I said, look, I know you're the person who runs this group. All these people are messaging me. I don't have time to teach full-time, raise my family, and uh, run my side hustle, and 
mentor all these people. I cannot do all that. Uh, would you maybe want to schedule a live inside your group and talk about this? And she said, yes, absolutely, great idea. I'd come on my podcast too. <laughs> so we did. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Oh, that's good. You know, you are just a massive attractor. You're like a uh, – you're 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 a manifester. Have you always been a manifester in your life? Yes, and um, now that I know a little bit about human design, I still don't know that much. I know that I am a manifesting generator. That's my that's my human design. Manifesting generator. That's right. That's what you said the other day on the show. Manifesting Did I? generator. Okay. I think yeah, because yes. I thought that was so catchy. So explain that to the. Explain that to the to the tribe. Like, what's the difference that that is you're defining it? What's the difference between just a manifester and a manifester generator? Um, there are four to five main types of human design, and I probably am not even going to remember them all. But there's a regular generator. There's a manifesting generator. There's a projector. I can't remember the others. I'm not the person to explain all this, but <laughs> pretty much you can you can go to these different websites and you can plug in the, the date and year of your birth and the time that you were born and the location, like the general location, the time zone pretty much. And from that, they'll calculate everything for you and give you this full chart. And, you know, what what's funny is it is, really accurate like I knew I was a Virgo okay and there's parts of Virgo I relate to but not not everything but this I was like oh man that is so me <laughs> it's just me so it's kind of it's kind of wild but the um the manifestation part is pretty much you you put those vibes out into the universe and it it comes back to you it's like karma on a grander scale if that's possible and some people manifest by just thinking it some people pray about it some people speak it some people write it i guess i kind of do them all and they all just work so if i if i actually sit down and go oh you know michelle you you probably ought to write down some of the stuff you want it, it starts happening, and then every time I'm like, "Wow, how'd that happen?" Oh, duh, because I actually took time to think about it and write it down and say it. <laughs> that that's the truth, you know. And I think we need to be reminded about that because every single person that I've I've been coming into contact with over the last like couple of weeks, especially. That has been a big thing. They're either writing stuff down or they're saying it or they're visualizing it or all of the above. And they've been massively attracting stuff. And this is really important because at a time when we feel we're in so much lack, you know, we we have that scarcity mindset because uh, we're so fear-based because of so much the, quote, uncertainty, you know, and the irony behind that is, is that nothing in life was ever really truly certain anyway. We just had that illusion of it because it was more, there, it seemed to be more certain than, than not. But, and then all of a sudden our life, you know, everything just turns upside down. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is in these times of uncertainty. But it, it was just more noticeable 
And but yet people were making things happen because they weren't yeah. buying into that. They were just sort of beating, you know, following the beat of their own drum and saying, "Well, that's not going to be for me. I'm not. I'm not going to follow that path. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go here." And it's always nice to be reminded of that because even people such as yourself could be going along and doing really well, but then, you know, they get sort of sidetracked. You know, they or they they stop and look yeah. at something on the side of their their path and and they they they're sitting there too long and they're like, "Oh, wait a minute. I pulled over for a second. What happened?" Um, so it's a good reminder to to just keep moving forward and keep and keep believing that this is possible and be clear on what you want. And you know, my single bar as that goes, the the trick, especially if I'm feeling negative, is I start listing my positive. I start thinking about, okay, well, what do I have to be grateful for? And the second I start doing that, and especially if I start doing that on social media things explode because people are tired of the negativity and the BS. And when you put positive stuff out there, everybody wants to be a part of that. They, they just really do. They can't even help themselves. And I, I've had complete strangers become good friends because they've resonated with what I was saying just because I was talking about what I was grateful for. said, yeah, yeah, I like that. I want more of that in my life. Yeah, for absolutely, for sure. Well, and I think here, you know what you said? So with Facebook, they're tired of the negative. I, I agree. And I said, I also think that some people are tired of the, like, people overdo it with the positive, too. You can't just like vomit oh, out all yeah. the positive stuff. You you've got to be <laughs> because there's there's some people that you could sort yeah. of see that it's not very authentic. It's just like oh, I'm gonna put oh, this yeah, out because it's positive, true. blah blah blah. I, 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 that's why copywriting is so important because it's you're not just getting the message out. You're getting the message that's very specific to the person, and it's very yeah. clear in what it's stating, and. You know, because sometimes, listen, it, it it isn't always positive. You can, you know, you could say, well, I want to put something out positive today, but I'm really feeling kind of lousy. So say that. Say, hey, you know yeah. what, it's been a really tough day, so I'm going to put this positive thing out, and, and I'm going to send it out to everybody, and I could, you know, I could use some positive vibes. And it's amazing the engagement you get when you say things like Absolutely. that. Yeah, when you are authentic, people respond to it. And I think... That's that's part of how teaching prepared me so well to be a copywriter because kids have built-in BS detectors for sure. You you cannot fake a kid out. They know if you're real. They know if you're if you're nice. They know if you like them. They know if you want the best for them, and they can size you up in an instant. And so you you have to relay that to them, and and you have to do that with your copy as well. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with it. So, yeah. so what do you have coming up? What do you have coming up for, do you have any workshops? Um, sorry, my, my brain is a little bit frazzled today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, just, I just ran a big free series of workshops in my group. Um, and those, that was a blast. I ended up 
growing the group quite a bit in just like a week and and it was so fun connecting with all these new people but i don't i don't really have any any online courses that i'm planning right now to teach for the next couple months but i am going to be taking on some more vip clients and and that's always a plus too wonderful wonderful well we'll definitely have a lot uh, you know, like uh, we, the idea of collaboration is a big thing. That's that's been the big thing for the big shift in 2021. I, I, it's it's all over the place, and I think that's the way to go. And yeah. you know, I, we would love to collaborate with, like, put somebody together for 2022, some sort of event where you know you can showcase and and highlight what you do, and then even if you have some workshops coming up, we can you know, advertise those, and then we could uh, just all, like, put together, um, teach teach everybody how to collaborate, you know, how to how to work together. So we're hoping that that would be something you'd be open to. And uh, Gladiator oh, you, Guru, you got to know else. You know I am. <laughs> all right. Fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. I, I think that would be a fantastic deal. And going back to what you were saying about when we feel negative and we we think of, the gratefulness in our lives with the positive, it's just a balance. It's like life and death for every person born, someone has to, to leave, you know, it's just, we, we need the negativity we feel, I think is our push to, to do something um, better, to put yeah. more effort into something to come to fruition. If there, if there was no negativity, really what, what really pushes us to be better than those down moments that's, me personally, that's what I think. I need those moments of. Huh? No, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just, you know, it's good to have it because then that puts us in the mind for things that we've done, that we have written down to do, and it gives us, it lights those firecrackers to get us going, to get us back up and, okay, break time is over sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Do you agree? It, well, a good yeah, piece of the app helps too. <laughs> yes. It, it, you know, it teaches us compassion for other people when when we have to deal with stuff. And, I mean, sometimes just life isn't fair and it it, it can be really, really hard and when we have to deal with that, it helps us remember that there's always other people that are dealing with hard things. So it helps us to just feel a little more human and be a little more kind. And, you know, the, the sweet isn't quite as sweet without the sour. I think that's kind of where you're going. And I absolutely oh, yeah. agree with that. Gladiator Guru always talks about the opposite. Always, right? Yeah. Gladiator Guru, you're always mentioning that. Yes, it's like sweet and sour. That's what life is. You know, how are we going to really enjoy those sweet moments and capture those memories in in our thoughts and in our hearts forever unless we went through a dry spot in our lives to make us see the value in something going forward? And and we fall. It's like we're going to trip over things, but it's just so – and then – when we get back from tripping, guess what we do? We become more aware of our steps. So I, I you yeah. know, I welcome both. Yeah. Well, 
we we love having you on the show and and thank you so much, you know, and keep in touch. So anything that you have coming up, you let us know, you send it to us and we can post it to um, all our social media so that we can get you out there and, you know, and not that you, listen, not that you need our help. You're, you're manifesting, generating all by yourself. So you're doing fine. In fact, we should like hitch a ride on it with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, thank you for sharing your story because it is very encouraging, you know, um, in the beginning of this conversation, the badass Buddha was talking about, She's looking forward to a better 2022, as as so am I, as far as, you know, just getting everything in order with the businesses and, and making money, right? And because yeah. what we decided to do in our entrepreneurship, we did it because of passion and love. So now that has yeah. to, to breathe into abundance. So, yes, yeah, so just listening to your story, again, it, it's it's very motivating. So we thank you for that. Yeah, well, I'm sure. so glad to be connected with you ladies and just, you know, there's, there are no coincidences, right? That we, we come into each other's lives for a reason. And I, I oh, absolutely yeah. believe totally. that. I agree. Absolutely. Well, you have an absolutely fabulous weekend and uh, you. definitely we'll have you, we'll get you back on the morning show. We'll start you know, getting some collaborations together. And really, just like Gladiator Guru said, thank you so much for sharing your story. We so, we're so we so grateful to have you. Well, yes, and you. I'm super excited that I won something. So I contact me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, have a great and weekend, I, I, can't, I can't wait That's for it. it. You have first. a great weekend, too. All right, yes, take right. care. Yeah, Thanks just, so much. Uh, take care, Michelle. Bye-bye. Right. Oh my God! I can't believe you won something. That's so funny. That's so funny. Oh, that's exciting. You know, and it's how awesome that I started my morning with your text, and I'm ending with her telling me I won this class to in order. So yeah, it's it's been a it's been a good it's been a good productive day for me, and with some extras, beginning my day and ending my day. So I'm very happy. Cool. I'm very happy. Oh. Because it is. It's all about taking everything we've learned. You know, 2020 was more difficult, I think, for us than than we realized. But it's because of our strength and perseverance that we didn't really feel the the bite. We probably felt the sting, but not the bite from it all. Um, and then this year was pretty loaded with all the news and all the, you know, everything going on, mandates and everything. It's been loaded. And so that weighs heavy. And I, I remember you once told me that we can choose to be positive and put in all the effort, but sometimes the environment just, like, sucks the air out of your big toe. And I think that's what happened this year, badass. But I think going forward, it's going to – the fog's going to clear up, you know? You know? Along with what Michelle was saying, too, it's like it's – you have to it it does clear on its own but we also have to take the fans out and blow the shit out of the way too like that's that's the other thing like we can't just wait for the clouds to just move on at their own oh, we have to help them along absolutely no no that i wasn't saying it's going to clear on its own it's going to the clouds 
the clogs and a fear. <laughs> <laughs> the fog's going to clear because we are more aware of where we've been, where we are at the moment, and where we plan to be. So, yeah, it's totally up to each individual to make their new year more rewarding and more memorable in their life, which it equals into abundance in health, mindset, and wealth. So I think, yeah, we are we are the only ones that are capable of making that happen. We can't just, you know, just sit there and think opportunity is going to kick our door in and bypass the knocking. You know, it's, it's about opportunity will knock, but we still got to get up from what whatever it is we're doing and walk to that door and, and unlock it. So it is effort on our behalf um, to get us to where we want to be. You know, well, as I far as I, I know. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, I think that's where I was falling short for myself because I think I was waiting for the clouds to move. <laughs> and I was just sitting there and the, and the fans were next to me. I just wasn't putting them on. <laughs> I like that analogy. Yeah. And you know what? And it's okay because just like my favorite word, up, it is written. It, it's all on, on timing. And we humans are always in a rush. Then when we rush something that, you know, you can't rush a souffle. And you can't keep checking it because you're going to ruin it. You got to let it rise and then fall in the middle the way it's supposed to. Mind you, I'm not a baker. But, um, and we want to rush everything. And then we fall on our faces and then we get all butthurt our panties up in a twist, and then we want to give up because nobody's listening, nobody's supporting, and into it, and it was, you know, everything. You can't force winter to come when we're at the end of spring. And if we look at our lives in that way, like every season happens when it's supposed to happen, not when we want it to happen, then all we got to do is keep working on whatever goal we have at hand, believing that we can make it happen. And then when when it's time for it to happen, all our hard work is going to pay off. But the thing is, is we cannot rush things because we want it to happen when we want it to happen. Because who the hell are we? We're like ants, you know? And and it's patience. You know, I know they say patience is the virtue. Why can't hurry the F up be a virtue? I don't know, but it's not. <laughs> so we have to, we have to, you know, walk in the seasons of our abundance. And we have to walk in the seasons of our greatness. And if we want to become that sage for ourselves, then everything has its step. And once we come to realize that, yeah, we do want, I want a bank account that's never going to be under $1,000. Um, but that's something that we got to work on. And, and how do we generate this revenue that's, going to pay itself off because of the work we had already put into it and then whatever it is we're doing on the side and that's that's what I'm what I have to come because I've always been impulsive 
and I've always been spontaneous, and I've always just been off the cuff. And really, look at me now. You know, it's like I live as if tomorrow's not going to come. And now I've really got to, like, and I redid my calendar earlier today. That's why I said I had a productive day, writing down all the stuff you sent and everything and trying to just keep myself at a pace that's going to pay off, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, no, it totally does. But you know what, and I think that the pace, though, so, you know, we were talking about how, uh, or you were saying, um, oh, God, it just slipped out of my mind. You were just saying it. Um, The how, the how piece. You know, sometimes we don't know how, you know, and that's why you have to be very clear on the what or your, your what and why. What is it that you want? Why do you want it? Because that's sometimes we get hung up with. I don't know how I'm going to do that. So I'm just going to forget it because it's probably too hard and blah, blah, blah. And that's where the manifestation part comes in. Because if you say, well, this is what I want and this is why I want it, and you have that energy behind it. Well, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I know that that's what I want. That's just like anything that's ever been invented. You know, could you imagine like years ago, remember back in the day when, uh, the cell phones first came out, how, like you either had the one, remember the one with the bag that used to carry that huge thing? It had like a strap on it, right? Um, but even back in the day when cell phones first started and you could barely get a signal, it was really expensive to make a call. And now everybody has one. The, the abilities or the capabilities that they have, that was all a thought. It was all somebody saying, this is what I see. This is what I'm envisioning. I want to make this, I, and this is why I want to make it. And they don't have to know how to do it just yet. And, I, and that's what helps us go from powerless to powerhouse. Because when you're powerless, you're saying, I, don't, I can't. I can't do this. This is not, like, it, it's just too hard. It's just do this. And, and believe me, I've been in and out of that state. The, for like almost this entire year, that state of mind. But the powerhouse is where you say, I don't care. I don't care how long it takes. This is what I want to do. This is what I want. And I'm going to make this happen. And, and that's the difference. It's just having that faith. It's that, as Lisa Nichols likes to say, that unwavering faith. And I love exactly. that That's I what I was going to talk about. This new era, this new way thing, they talk about mindset and manifestation. And that's fine. You know, I'm not going to judge that. Me being the heathen that I am, I don't make things unless I've prayed on it. I don't even travel unless I've prayed on it. That's my manifestation. I do a lot of praying. Um, and I ask questions because I want a lot of things, but it doesn't mean I, I should do them all or I should have them all. You know, not everything I want is good for me. Um, so that's, that's how I manifest. I pray on it. I pray and, and then I wait for the signs. I look for the signs that, again, I'm not sitting there on the couch waiting for that, that messenger from my prayer to just walk in <laughs> my house. But um, it's through conversation, it's while you're driving, it's a billboard, it's a song, it's, it could be anything. Um, 
but I think that, yeah, you have to have faith in the unseen. You have to have faith in the unknowing. And you must have faith that, you know, achieving many things in life, but know what you want to achieve and achieve it with grace. Because if you have grace on it, then, you know, it's it's infinite. The capabilities that you can own to, to leave a legacy for your grandchildren's children. So, and that's how I I move forward, and that's how I'm like, okay, is this for me or is it not for me? Do I rush into it sometimes? Yeah, I'm going to be 53. I ain't perfect. I'm very far from perfect. And I have Nobody's to remind perfect. myself of certain things. Yeah. Um, but I think that as long as you're doing something and you do it with faith and you just know that I'm going to try it and if it doesn't work out, then I'll, I won't ever waste my time on this again. It's when you don't make the effort to try something out that you fail. Like Coca-Cola. How famous is Coca-Cola? How many? It's over 100 years old, right? Coca-Cola sold only 25 bottles in its first year of business. What if they would have gave up? You have to have that faith and belief that if they if you're they had given up, something. then there there'd be less cavities. <laughs> but it's a, it's such a uh, you know, Coca-Cola is such a, uh, what's that word I want to say? It's, you know, it's, I think Coca-Cola is better than Pepsi. But, um, you know, what if, even when when you listen to, to Coco Chanel speak and how she started and look at everywhere, and it's just, it's, you have to believe in what it is you're doing. And then you have to have, a driving force behind it, even even if no one around you can see your vision. As long as you see it, then go for it. We're the only ones that stop ourselves. We're the only ones that prevent ourselves from greatness. And we have to get out of our own way. We have to stop worrying about how this person's going to perceive it, how is it going to affect this person and that person. Think about if we don't move forward with it, what's going to happen to us? If we move forward with it and it fails, we're smarter than we were before we started it. If we move forward with it and it's a huge success, see, a lot of people are afraid of their own success. I know I was. I self-sabotage all the time. And that's why I can say this with all the sincerity in my heart. What do you think? <laughs> all the sincerity <laughs> in my heart that I've self-sabotaged. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. But you, you, the, the, the key piece is, you know, you said you pray on it. Um, and it, and depending, and I know prayer is um, asking, whereas meditation is receiving, right? But it doesn't matter either way. They're being still. Whether you're praying or whether you're meditating or whether you're just sitting breathing, you're taking pause, you're being still. And it's at those moments when clarity comes. And if an individual is feeling stuck or they can't focus or they they don't know what it is that they want, they they must sit still and allow the 
collective energy to flow into them, to let themselves ground themselves and get the collective consciousness to, to flow in so that they can understand what it is that they want. And I think that's been, you know, again, I, I keep pointing myself, but that was a challenge for me. It's, I, I tell people this, and I, whenever I would try to do it for myself, it wasn't working um, because it, it was sort of like the environment was sort of playing into that. Um, and then, you know, once you get caught into that headspace, you start believing that BS story that's going in your head, and it gets um, very hard to undo the story, even when you're hearing people telling you, oh, this, you know, you're good at this and, and get, you, could, you could do this. It's, it, you, you still have to believe it. That's why we have to nurture ourselves. We have to take those moments. And I love how you said that, that you don't really make a decision until you pray on it because you're asking for assistance with what you're deciding to do from a higher power, but it's also your own power that you're asking assistance from because it's still coming from within you. Right? Yeah, because, you God so? is, yeah be, because God is within us. That, you know, I, the, the great I am. So when we say I am, it's within. Now you said something about meditation is receiving. We can only receive what we give. So when we pray, we're giving gratitude. We're, we're, we're being that kindness that of what we've received so far, whether it was a lesson or a blessing. And then when, when we give gratitude, when I pray, I always say thank you. And then I, I ask for assistance. I do, you know, I surrender. I've made plans and they all fell apart. I know I have you cracking up all day, so please guide me. Because I'm lost. <laughs> with God. You know, and sometimes I have, I don't know who else is listening, is, um, goes into ADHD mode when praying. When we start praying, all of a sudden we're like, like in a, uh, having um, uh, a movie interview and we're off in La La Land and I have to come back and say, oh, I'm sorry, God, I, I, I'm sorry I stepped away. I'm here again. And it's like, how do I go? Like I, forming this whole movie in my head in the middle of prayer. And I guess that's how it is in meditation as well. You know, when you're sitting there and you're trying to clear your mind, all of a sudden you're you're just forming a movie in your head. And you're like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I'm not supposed to be thinking about anything. And so it's it's a challenge. I think, you know, everything becomes a challenge at some point when you're trying to take your power back from your thought process. And that's a battle within itself sometimes. Um so yeah, I believe when when I I go to bed, I pray throughout the day. You know, I'm always praying for my children to be covered and shielded and protected, and my sorrow and um. But when you when I go to bed and I pray, and then when I wake up in the morning, and that's when I just sit and I try to receive. And if that don't happen, then I'm more of an active person. So if, when I'm painting or something, I'll get these random thoughts in my head and I'll, I'll write them down in my notes in my phone. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I prayed for last night. And 
stuff like that. So you just got to be aware of what it is that you're doing. You have to put a prayer out there and then the next day just work and and, and meditating and, and silencing and just being still and not being all over the place. Because when you're all over the place, it's just like what I used to teach about being busy. When we're busy all the time, we don't have time to be grateful. We don't have time to be silent and, and receive, you know, because we're busy. Your your mailbox is filled with junk mail. You, you know you want to throw it all out, but you still sit there and look through all the flyers at stores you don't even shop at because it's in your mailbox. Or we're, we're doing something, we're moving, we're reorganizing, we're washing clothes, folding, all of that stuff. Busy being under Satan's yoke. When you're busy, you don't have time to be grateful. You don't have time to, to speak silently to yourself about being calm and, and thinking positive thoughts or sitting still or just remaining in that silent mode in your brain. We don't have time for that because we're too busy being busy, and busy sets us back sometimes. Sometimes we got to just stop what we're doing and sit down, watch a movie or 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 read a book and look at a magazine and just free the mind of all the ponderings, there goes that word again, of the days of what we need to do or what did we do, you know. And I think when we have control over that, then we can sit in gratitude and then we can sit in receiving mode. But we must eliminate the 23 hours a day of being busy. Being busy does not mean you're productive. Yes, that is for damn sure. Because, man, there's days that I could look so busy and I get nothing done. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll get laundry done. That'll be that. But, yeah. And that's, that's, I, that's I, a hassle in itself. Like, I sorted the shit. I put in the machine. <laughs> then I loaded the dryer with it. Now I got to fold it and put it away. Like, that's too much work. Like, who created this? But, yeah. Like today, I was cleaning my oven. You know how awful that, that, that when you have to spray it and you got to take the trays and take it into the shower and scrub it. And I was like, but then afterwards, you see the finished product and you're like, like the choir standing behind you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an achievement, you know. But cleaning the oven, it's just you and your thoughts. You know, that's that's a good busy because that's a meditation busy. You're not thinking about anything except spraying it, preheating it, spraying it, waiting 10 minutes and wiping it all down. And when you're not busy with thinking, writing, reading, or doing anything else, you get every crevice of the oven done and and you're thinking of what you want to do next or what you plan on doing. And so it's, it's free thought flowing. It's not crammed up all together. Yeah. Cleaning, well, so. I, I, I'm the same way. I like cleaning. I like organizing closets and stuff like that when, because it's, the physical work is easy to do and then it allows me to sort of go off in my mind and think about things, you know, creatively speaking. Sometimes I'll, I'll do that in the middle of my day if I'm stuck on something and I want to move around and just just feel like I'm accomplishing something. And so I'll do something physical like that or like I'll go outside and cut the grass or I'll 
I'll go outside and, you know, weed or something like that. But because I feel like at least I'm accomplishing something, but it clears my, my head space. But, but even that, you know, it's like everything has to have a timeline, though, because you can easily distract yourself from the things that you're supposed to be doing and, and do those things. Like they're not a priority, but you want to still do them. So you could do those. You can keep saying, oh, I'm going to do this more. I'm going to do this more. Like, um, you know, how many times can you clean your closet? You know, maybe you don't need to clean it five times this week. Maybe just clean it twice and then do something else. Each individual has to first figure out what works for them. Yes, absolutely. And then roll roll with it from there. Because I cannot do what you do and get and receive the same outcome. You know, our energies are different. Um, And how how we do things are different. So just because it might work for you doesn't mean it's going to work for me. So I think a challenge for each individual is to figure out what works best for them and then do it. And a lot of people don't want. They just do the same things day in and day out. They don't try to 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 color outside the lines. And when it's your life that's at risk. For peace. Well, and I th- and that's the difference between going, you know, staying powerless, doing the same thing over and over again, and that's the illusion. Sometimes we think that, oh well, I'm I'm, I'm accomplishing things, I'm moving forward, but if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you are you're not moving forward, and you're definitely not accomplishing stuff. You're just moving, but you're like moving in a circle, and that's not that's not gonna that's not gonna bring you forward. That's also gonna at some point, it's going to nip you in the ass. Like, you're, you're, you're going to feel it, and you're going to be like, wait a minute. You're going to wake up and be like, wait a minute, I didn't go anywhere. I've just been moving in a complete circle this whole time. So that, you, you had said it before, it's, it's, it's about being aware, to be aware. Yeah, you have to wake up. You have to wake yourself up. Set alarm clocks all over the house if you have to. But you have to wake yourself up. You know, the Savior, you know, if when you're spiritual and you believe in a higher power, that you know that the saying always says, God helps those who help themselves. You have to be aware of your existence. And then you have to persevere through all the challenges of life and know that the rainbow is always going to appear after the rain. And that should put a smile on your face. And that should be your start to know that the balance of life is the yin-yang, is a positive and a negative. And as long as you can learn how to navigate your life through those, then guess what? You're always going to come out a winner. But you got to put the effort in. And that's where a lot of people fall short. They become victim and powerless. And, you know, take your power back and love yourself. And in doing so, then there's nothing that you cannot do because you're the one who either or delayed yourself. Well, and I think that's where a lot of that, that's, that's where a lot of this funkiness came from this year. People were still in that mode of powerlessness 
they were playing, they were being more uh, victim playing, you know, playing in that victim role. Oh, I can't for me. We can't do this. We can't do that. Um, and, and that, listen, that energy will zap you and it, and it's uh, contagious, that energy, like seriously contagious because you start, you start thinking along those and then you start to infect other people around you. And if you're not careful, the, every, it will be like this collective funk. And I think that was seriously, that's what was, what I was seeing a lot of was that collective funk that people were just, um, falling into a routine and they weren't necessarily depressed. They weren't necessarily upset, but they were just doing sort of the same thing over and over again, but not really living life. They were just sort of existing. And that again, they might, the the illusion is, is that it seems to be okay, but that doesn't mean in the law, in the, in the scheme of things, like the long term, that it's going to feel that way. And the next thing you know, they're, they're like, oh, my God, this isn't what I signed up for kind of deal. Yes. Um, and I, I I can say for myself, I think we're all guilty of that at one point or another. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, and, and although we might have it together today, who's to say next week something's not going to knock us on our asses? And it's not yeah. about how many times you fall. It's how you rise after every fall. And I think that's the missing ingredient in a lot of people's lives. They don't know how to get back up or they're tired of getting back up. But why do you keep falling in the same hole? Now, we've fallen. It doesn't necessarily mean it was the same bump in the road. You know, we probably took a detour or we were in our right lane but we weren't focused. But if you keep falling and at the same location, then you're not paying attention in your life. Because, you see, I I say it all goes back to us. You know I'm terrible with time, Laura. You know that. I am not. That is not a secret. <laughs> no matter how hard I try, Maroni, me, I'm just like, like, the relevance of time is like, what is time? Um, but I do, I still make an effort, you know? I, I, I do make an effort. I feel, that's not to say the world does, but I feel that I've gotten better because I'm putting more, you know, I'm, I try to make it an effort. Um, but I think if we just, Take more accountability for what we want to do. If we always say, well, I have to do it, of course, that takes the zing out of anything. Who wants to have to do anything? It's something that you should want to do. You know, we had to go to school for 12 years of our lives. Um, but it's like we should want to get up every day and do what we're doing and be present while you're doing it. That's a good point, actually, you, you, saying that we have to get up when, when we were going to school, we have to get up for school, but it should be that we want to get up for school. And and what that sets that up is a conditioned response. So if if a person 
has been going through their life having to do things that they don't necessarily want to do. They have to do them. That that's, that's how they will understand their life to be, that everything in their life is that they have to do it, not the things that they want to do. And so they'll, uh, they'll start to say like uh, obligations, things that they have to take care of their family in this particular way or they, they have to do this. Okay, but what is it that you want? Oh, well, I mean, I would really love some time for myself. Okay, well, why don't you? Well, I can't. I mean, I have to take care of this and I have to take care of that. Or, or I would really want to travel. Well, I can't because, you know, we're limited on money or, you know, the, the, the kids. And, okay, well, why can't you combine both? And so you start to look outside the box. And that's, again, powerlessness is I can't, you know. Um, and, and I can't translate into I won't. Like, you know what somebody says? Oh, you know, um, I can't do that. That they don't mean they can't do that. It means that they won't do that. And when you when you actually flip it to that word, it's so much more powerful, because nobody ever likes saying, "No, I'm, I I won't do that. I I don't want to do that." But they'll usually say, "Oh no, you know what? I can't." Just say what it is that you you don't want to. No, no, no. That's not it. It's just I I really can't. I'm busy. No, you don't you don't want to. Because, right, if, if we want to do something, we always magically find a way. You ever have that conversation with somebody where they're like, oh, I don't have the time? And then all of a sudden, like a week later, they're doing something that, and you're like, wow, how did they manage to find the time? Because <laughs> it was important to them. It was important to them. So when, if it's important to you, you will find a way. And if it's not, you'll find an excuse powerlessness is finding the excuse powerhouse is is doing it anyway making the time i don't have time for that is translation is i'm not going to make the time for that that's what that translates to and it's funny when i talk to people now when i hear people say stuff like that in my head i'm playing the the switch of the words and i i'm I'm like laugh and i'm and because of that, I've become very acutely aware of what I say. And I will be honest. And I will, put, I will say that, that I, I, I did not make the time. You know, like when somebody says, oh, I, I couldn't get on that, help that with you, or, or go check that out because I, I, re, I didn't have the time to do it. And I write in my emails, I didn't make the time to do it because that's really what it came down to. I didn't make the time. I didn't put, I didn't look at my schedule and I didn't say, Hey, I'm going to check this out for this person. So I'm going to jot it down here and, and, and do it. It's a game changer when you, when you, when you say it in the, in those different manners, because it, it gives you yeah. that accountability piece. It's all accountability. Yeah. Like I told you, I fell asleep. I barely slept through the the Kyrosen meeting. Like yeah, today, somebody th- called me. Different. You can't go by that one, though, Gladiator Guru, because you number one, you weren't feeling well. Number two, you were traveling, and you got up, like, hella early in the morning to go travel. So that one doesn't count. You're allowed that one. That That's okay. But I, I understand what you're saying. Thank but you. that. There are some. There are some times where we do legitimately have excuses. That's another piece. When you read these these sayings that talking about excuses, there are legitimate excuses out there sometimes. You know, 
Like uh, when you have children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews or spouses or parents, you know, that when whenever you have a large amount of people in your life, they do throw wrenches into your schedule sometimes. You know, it's something that was unexpected. So it's like when, if, if somebody says, oh, I, I couldn't get to it because I was doing this, it wasn't an excuse. It's, it's the actual answer, you know. I can't always say no to my kids if there's like if there's something that we like there was something the other day I had to go to my middle daughter uh, I need we need to get her contact you know and it was it was like a Friday you know this was last Friday and they closed for Saturday and Sunday and she needed them for the weekend and I'm looking at my schedule going oh god okay if I if I have to go like right now to go and get the contact uh, because she's not driving yet otherwise she would have went but I had to look at my schedule, and I, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm not back in time, I'm going to miss the beginning of this thing. So is that a legit excuse? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I could have turned around and said, well, it's not my problem, you know. But she she needed my help, and and I was able to fit it in. So I made the time to run and go grab her contacts, and I didn't, you know, I didn't say make any excuse for anything that I was doing. Yeah, like I got a call today to me why I didn't call to say I was back in town. And when I got I back, hate, and I thought I, I got back one. I hate when people do that. Why did you call? <laughs> yeah, and I said, well, I got back in on Wednesday morning. Oh, and, and I said, listen, I'm peopled out. I didn't really want to be bothered. I didn't want to have conversation. I didn't want to have company. I didn't want to be nobody's company. I I was a whole month in Connecticut in a house full of people and three barking-ass dogs. I was peopled out. I just wanted <laughs> solitude. And because that's the God on his truth. I, see, the thing with me is I enjoy my own company. I don't get bored at all. And I'm always doing something. And I've rearranged my living room. I've rearranged my library room. I organized my linen closet. Put up two Christmas trees. I printed out some stuff that I needed, including my chapter. Uh, and made several phone calls to the zoning board, the agriculture department, the health department, who none of them seem to have conversations with each other. <laughs> So, so you know, very, and I, I just love, I just, I, I love my alone time, always have. And until so my niece says, "Oh, just come with me to the store. You've been in the house since you got back." I didn't have a problem being in my house, but I did go out, and it was good to get some air. And I wasn't driving, so it was better. But it's, it's about knowing, knowing who you are. And what you are capable of doing and being accountable and making the time and and finding little loopholes to get things done before something major. So that's good. Again, it's all up to each individual. It's, I, I'll give you, for instance, my son had an interview today. He was seven minutes late, so the guy's like, oh, so you're not punctual. And my son lo- hates to be late anywhere. 
And I said, well, what happened? He's like, the the girl went to pick up the mom this morning, and then she decided to go have coffee with her friend, and he's with the baby, and he had to call her and tell her to hurry up because he got to go to Wallingford. And I said, where was your dad? Because the dad's normally the babysitter. He's like, it wasn't his problem. And I said, ah, let me tell you something. You weren't late because she wasn't home yet. You had a plan B. But because you were angry because you thought she was being considerate, knowing that you had an interview and she didn't rush back, that was your choice. You could have said, Pops, Natalie's on her way. Can you watch the baby until she gets here? And went to your interview and got there earlier than you spend your time. Ah, he didn't want to hear that. I said, you don't want to hear it because it's the truth. You had a choice mm. to make. And instead of being angry and, and, and waiting, knowing she wasn't going to get there on time because they live with his dad, who's the babysitter when they're both at work. Today, they, you know, they, he's interviewing and she had the day off. Plan B would have gotten him there on time and not made him look bad because we, we allow anger and accusations and what's my favorite word I love to talk about? Expectations. He dug his own grave, and, and I, I couldn't sympathize with him. And I said, why are you upset? You had your father there. You had a plan B. You failed to utilize it. He's like, all right, I got to let you go. And he hung up with me quick. Well, <laughs> 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 because, you know, I, I, I have that tough love with my kids. And mind you, they're 35 and 31. But when they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong. And just because they're my kids and just because I love them does not mean that I'm going to side with them or sympathize with them. I'm going to check them. And they know this. And if you're calling me with something, you know, I'm going to always have something to say. And he calmed down afterwards. But you can't be mad at somebody when you had an option. Maybe. Right? Powerless. Again. Yes. And that was something that, that you did because you were angry for what reason? So, yeah. And we've all been there. We've all, we, we've all been that person. And it's okay as long as you learn from it. How else are we going to know what our shortcomings are unless we fall on our face? But if that ego is bigger, then guess what's going to happen? You're not going to apologize. You're always going to play the victim. It's always everybody else's fault because that pride is never going to allow you to admit that it was your fault. So, again, it's balance. Feed the spirit, nurture the ego, check yourself along the way. And we're humans. We're going to fall. We're going to fail. But learn. Getting, Everything is learning. Go ahead. Getting back, to huh? the, getting back to the individual that said to you, what, when did you get back? Why did you come see me? That's what, you know, we all need to be brave enough when people say that to us, Say, why did you come by? Because I didn't want to see you. I didn't want to come over and see you. Like, th- wouldn't that be great to just come back with that line? Oh, what? You don't well, come I have... by? You don't want to come see? You yeah, know, I really didn't. I didn't want to see you. I didn't. I had no 
desire at all to hang out with you and talk with you. <laughs> well, you know, I put a post up the other day because I swear that I should have written that post. Um, I, I've told people that like that, like there was one, my ex-sister-in-law, when are you going to stop by my house? And I said, when you call me to tell me you cleaned it. Ew. Oh, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> well, it's true. And so I've always been that person. But in this instance, it wasn't just her. I just didn't want to be around people. You know, I just didn't want to. That's why I said I'm people doll. I didn't want to be with people. I needed to, to be in solitude in my sanctuary. And that's okay. You know, people confuse my honesty and assertiveness with being mean and aggressive. And I'm okay with that. It's not my business what people think about me. But it is my business to be honest. Like, no, I didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't want to see nobody. Well, what I said was I didn't want company and I didn't want to be nobody's company. So I wasn't going to invite you over and I wasn't going over your house. So I think that people are going to say what they say, right, all the time. And it's up to us to either clear the air or just be like, whatever, yeah, you're right, and keep going. (laughs) Because too many excuses exiles us on our own island where we're always going to feel alone and neglected and, and misunderstood. Right, I, and and it's expectations, it's boundaries, it's understanding self. I mean, all of these things, they're all, all playing in, and you constantly have to check in with yourself. Like, I remember when I used to live away, and I would come back, you know, up to the Northeast, everybody wanted to see me. So it's like, listen, I just drove 12 hours to get here. Um, I'm going to be here for like a week and a half, two weeks. I got to drive another 12 hours back. And then you want me to get in the car and drive an hour and a half to this house and then an hour over to here. And, and they would be like, Oh, what's the matter? You're not going to come see me. It's like, why don't everybody just come here, come to this one spot. We'll just have one party and get it all over with. Um, it was, <laughs> it was challenging to have to like, feel like you had to co- you go and visit everybody, like go to this place and to this place. Not that I didn't, and I'm not complaining. I, I want to make that clear. Um, I love visiting, but, you know, but like you're saying, it's like sometimes you're just, you're in that headspace where you're like, okay, I'm here, and I'm just going to plop and just take it all in. Just like you're saying that with your being home in your house, and I don't blame you because, you know, you were up in a very crowded house for one whole month. There was a lot of people in that house, a lot of different ages, and you didn't have your own space, and that's not easy. So I don't blame you. I would have been like, yeah, I'll, I'll call you in like two, three weeks and let you know if I'm going to come by and see you. Oh yeah, my God. I didn't People even go so see funny. my grandkids. It's just, I just, you know, we need to regroup and re-energize. And, again, we don't give ourselves that pleasure of just sitting still and, crystallizing ourselves again, you know, walking barefoot, you know, grounding, vibrations. We don't, we don't treat ourselves to the, the simple things in life. Listening to the birds in the morning, watching the leaves dance, branches of the trees. We don't, we're not 
seeing that. Like, I loved when I left Connecticut, the way the trees were all the reds and the, and the gold tones. And I just loved that. That was really refreshing to me. And it helped set it here, even though it's cool here, but everything's still so green over here. But it's just that. It's about the same way we want to be present for everyone who requests us to be, we must first be present for ourselves. Yeah. We must speak beautiful words to ourselves. We must say, oh, shit, I ate that bag of chips. And instead of saying, calling ourselves all kinds of names and being harsh on ourselves, we'll do better tomorrow. Let's make an effort to do better tomorrow. Pull all your senses together, you know. Pull all of your senses, your, you know, your eyes, your mouth, your ears, your smell. Pull them all together and says, we're going to do better tomorrow. We're not going to smell something and then we're going to salivate for us. So or we're not going to see a commercial with a beautiful-looking cheeseburger and <laughs> want to go buy it. We collectively, as a whole, have to all agree on doing better. And that's where we don't, that's where we fail ourselves. You know, we just we just think it's all a mind thing. No, we have this, this, the gift of smell, the gift of sight, the gift of taste. You know, and, and that all of them too. We all have to have a Malgarita meeting. And this is what <laughs> we're going to do. You know, and, and once we, when we, when we speak to all of us, for all of who we are, and we become a team, and it becomes a team effort. Our mind, our body, not going through the drive-through. You know the the salivating, the the smell just enticing us. When we put it all together and says, "No, we got to do better tomorrow." It's for our health, for our well-being, and what and whatever it is like that we're. Um, tempted with. I, I believe if we do that, come one with who we are, and, and everybody uses that word. So, just they just, what's that word I'm looking for? They just use it. You know, and, and instead of participating in it. Because it is. It's a, we're a, we're a big entity. It's not just a thought, okay, I'm going to control my thoughts and that's it. No, but what happens when you smell something? All of a sudden your mouth starts watering for it. You know, then then before you realize it, your hand's reaching for it. No, it has to be a team effort here, you know. And I think if once we get together with ourselves and realize that the, the benefit <clears throat> of a longer life is going to outweigh that moment of pleasure, Smell, and that's what we collectively have to just just become one with with ourselves. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I think so, but it's definitely I'm definitely coming down from (laughs) whatever energy I pulled together to get on the show tonight. It's I'm coming down, folks. It's because we we only have about uh, three minutes and forty seconds left anyway, so we need to wrap it up, and so we can so we can get on our way. But yes, I understand. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I understand this because I could be sitting here, right, 
writing something. All of a sudden, I want I want something crunchy between my teeth. And I'm like, no, Margie, you don't need it. And thank God I don't have anything in the house that's crunchy. But because my mouth is wanting it, then my mind automatically says, go get it. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I'm talking about. But, yeah, you know what? It's, it's a great show tonight. Oh, yeah, Michelle's lovely. She really is. I, She's one of those spirits that's just, uh, her enthusiasm is so fantastic. And then, you know, and she didn't even really get into it so much tonight. But on the morning show, she how, when she talked about how her business, what did she say she hit? In in one month, she made what she made in uh no in the three months or something like that she made what she's she makes it she made in a year as a teacher, which was incredible. That's yes. that's an incredible feat. So that's a, so we were very so so thank you for Michelle Wasserman for coming on this evening. Um, we definitely want to collaborate with her. And next month we are. We're going solo. It's just you and I for the two hours, and we're going to really sit down and talk about uh, reflecting on the year and setting intentions for the new year. And we're going to give you some tips, and we're going to give you some things to do, some questions to ask yourself, things to do to prep you for the new year. So um, it's going to be a really good show, and we're going to celebrate the upcoming holidays and so on and so forth. So, um, so yeah, thanks. Thank you for everybody who's listening, and um, thank you to Dory, our producer, for as always the fabulous story. Um, and we have just about a minute and a half. Get Gladiator Dory, you got anything else to add before we sign off? Yes, I was also thanking you for a great show, for your insight and your input. Oh, and yours as well. Um, the wordsmith. <laughs> and because it's always good to share the different points of views that we have and because collectively it comes out to be so knowledgeable. Um, because I believe in me and I believe in you and you believe in you. So how powerful is that? That's pretty powerful. I'd say so. All right. Well, we've got 30 seconds left. So from the badass Buddha, everyone, we thank you so much for coming on and just have an amazing weekend. And we will see you all next month or, or you'll hear us. We won't see you. You'll hear us. And uh, <laughs> Thank you so much. And from the badass Buddha, remember, be you, be real and be extraordinary. Yes, me and the end from the Gladiator Guru. Remember all the shades of your day. Remember to breathe in the beauty and breathe out the bullshit. Namaste. Namaste, everyone. Thanks for coming on. She is sure. She is strong. She is true. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. She is sure. Strong and true.
She is strong, she is true. 